Welcome to the In the Scriptures podcast. The following Bible lesson was previously recorded. Hello everyone, Lance here. Going to bring you a uh, Bible lesson for you tonight on this Wednesday night. Uh, I want to remind everyone once again that we're back to meeting in the building at Sandlin Road on Wednesdays at 7 p.m., and we would love to have you for Bible class in the building if you're able to. If not, we're glad that you're able to join us here, and that we do plan to continue to bring these uh, pre-recorded video lessons to you uh, on a weekly basis as well. Um, Tonight, we're going to talk about uh, another Bible characteristic, if you will, as we've been looking at um, Bible character studies, and we're going to talk about joy Uh, or rejoicing as the Bible talks about it. If you have your Bible, you might turn to the book of Philippians. We're going to look at a number of verses in the book of Philippians just kind of quickly in a moment. Uh, But when we think about happiness and joy, rejoicing, uh, in just kind of general terms, we might actually kind of make a mistake in thinking about that. Sometimes we, uh, we think about happiness and uh, what would make us happy and, and so forth. But, you know, even the root word of happiness, to, to have something happen or by happenstance would indicate that it's not something uh, that is un, under our control or our influence, but it's more just what happens. And joy and rejoicing, as the Bible talks about it, is different. As a matter of fact, in First Thessalonians 5 and verse 16, we're told to rejoice always. Rejoice always. In the next verse, we're told to pray without ceasing. You know, it's a command of this is the way we're to live and what we're to do. In Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23, we read, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Joy is what's used there in this idea of rejoicing. And as Christians, we're not to be sad people. We're not to be unhappy people. We're not to be uh, without joy in our lives. We should be people that have joy and rejoicing within us. Even in the midst of difficult times, times that may not be uh, defined by prosperity or success even, even during trials, we should be people of joy as Christians. And so that's something that maybe we all have to work on. James 1 verse 2 says, Count it all joy, brethren, when you fall into various trials. It's difficult to think about it that way, and yet that's what the Scriptures teach us. And thinking about the Scriptures, did you know that uh, the word joy is used some 60 times in the New Testament, and the word rejoice is used about 70 times in the New Testament? You know, that in and of itself shows us that these are important words, important concepts for you and I to understand in our Christian walk. You know, joy ultimately is a way of thinking. It's a way of understanding things. It's a way of internalizing things and having it come out of our hearts. It's not about happenstance. It's not about just the circumstances or the atmosphere and the things happening around us that we can't control. It really is about a choice a state of mind, a perspective that we have because of our faith, because of our God, because of our Savior, because of our hope, because of all the things that make us who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. 
You know, it's interesting to me when you go through the New Testament, there are a number of times in which we see people who showed great joy. And I especially think about new converts in Acts chapter 8 and Acts chapter 16 and uh, Acts chapter 5 and uh, chapter 13. There are just a number of examples throughout the book of Acts where you see those who were becoming Christians and had great joy in that time. Great joy. In many of these cases, these were folks who were being persecuted or would be persecuted and knew they would be persecuted because of their faith in God. And yet, they had this outward expression of their inner joy because of their salvation, because of their belief in God, because of their forgiveness of sin. And so you and I should kind of seek to have that same response ourselves, to have a real joyful response when we think about our faith and our relationship to God. I want to ask you tonight, if you are a Christian, to think for a moment about your own conversion, your own coming to Christ, your own baptism into Christ, and what a, a time of rejoicing and joy that was for you. And maybe we would all do well to go back to that moment and relive it and rethink it uh, time and again so that we remember the joy that we felt and the burden that came off of our shoulders in knowing that we had buried our sins in that watery grave of baptism and risen to walk a new life because of the power of God in Jesus Christ. Think about when we've seen others become Christians and how joyful we are. We just have that great sense of rejoicing within us, wanting to rejoice with them. In Romans 12, 15, we're told to rejoice with those who rejoice. And so there are times in which we certainly can remember wanting to rejoice with those who are rejoicing for various reasons in this life. And so in thinking about all of those things, I, just, I want to take us through some verses, especially in the book of Philippians, just to remind us of uh, what it means and what the Scriptures say about this attitude of joy. So in Philippians 1, in verse, verses 3 and 4, Paul writing, he says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy. So he makes the point that it is with joy that he remembers them and prays for them. In chapter 1, in verse 18, Paul says, What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and in this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. There's a theme throughout this book of Philippians concerning joy and rejoicing. He was rejoicing that Christ is preached. Look at verses 24 through 26. He says, Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you, and being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for, the pro for your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Again, joy of faith and rejoicing for Paul in Christ Jesus. Look at chapter 2, verse 2. He says, Fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Look at verses 16 through 18. He says, 
holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason you also be glad and rejoice with me. He's talking again about this joy in Christ, his labor in Christ, and them rejoicing with him. Look at verses 28 and 29. He says, Therefore I sent him, in the, sent him the more eagerly, that when you see him again you may rejoice, and I may be less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such men in esteem, because for the work of Christ he came close to death, not regarding his life, to supply what was lacking in your service toward me. Talking about Epaphroditus here. But notice again, that when you see him again, you may rejoice. Receive him with all gladness. Again, there's a theme of joy and rejoicing here in what Paul is writing. In chapter 3, in verse 1, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For to me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Rejoice in the Lord. Finally, brethren... And even though he says finally, he's going to continue writing for quite a while. He says, finally, brethren, rejoice in the Lord. He's calling them to this attitude of joy. In verse 3, For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Is that who we are? Those who rejoice in Christ Jesus? Chapter 4, verse 1, he says, Therefore, my beloved and longed for brethren, my joy and crown... So stand fast in the Lord, beloved. In verse 4, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Now, it's obvious there's a theme here about joy and rejoicing. And then in verse 10, he says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly, that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. So much talking about joy and rejoicing from Paul to the Philippian brethren. Well, I, I really want to kind of ask you and I tonight to stop and think about that as we look at all these verses and ask ourselves if we have the joy in us. Sometimes with the little children we might sing the song, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Do we? Do we really have it? Do we have the joy of the Lord within us? The joy of our salvation in us? The joy of being a child of God in us? The joy of doing work and service to God in us? Are we rejoicing always in the Lord? Are we rejoicing with those who rejoice? It's a lot to think about. It seems like, unfortunately, in our times, far too many are maybe caught up in being sad and disappointed. And as we talked about even last week, complaining instead of spending time rejoicing. So I want to encourage you this week, maybe make an extra effort to rejoice. Find the things that you can see joy in and rejoice in. Share it with others. Rejoice to the Lord in prayer, in song. 
and then share that rejoicing with the others around you. You know, it's one of the great things about coming together as God's people when we're able to worship together, when we're able to open the Bible and study together, when we're able to be in fellowship with one another in assembly. It really is a place in which we can find joy, a common joy in the Lord, and find a way to rejoice even when the circumstances of life all around us are difficult. Don't let your pursuit be of happiness that requires happenstance and circumstances to happen to fall your way. No, no, let's look deeper. Let's look deeper at what God has promised to us, salvation through Jesus Christ, hope of eternal life, a place in His kingdom, in His church, to serve and to worship, to find true joy, fulfillment, life, and the ability to make it through all the trials that this life might bring us. So, as Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Will you pray with me tonight? Our Father in heaven, we humbly bow before you, rejoicing and joyful that we can pray to you as our God, that we can be called your children, that we have the knowledge of your word, the knowledge of the hope of heaven, the knowledge of your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, the good news that he came and he died and he rose on the third day to give us hope of salvation from our sins. Father, we're so thankful for Jesus. We rejoice in him. We rejoice in the amazing sacrifice and the amazing redemption that you worked through him. Father, we're so thankful for your church and for the borders of your kingdom and the opportunity of those borders to expand and to reach many others. And we just pray, Father, that we may show forth a shining light, a light of hope and joy and rejoicing that others may want to come to you and have that great sense of joy as well. Father, help us overcome the difficult trials and tragedies that this life throws at us, the temptation to dwell on the bad, to be brought down by depressing things and sad things. Father, help us to look for the good. Help us to see the hope of everlasting life above all else and to truly seek those things that are above and keep the right perspective on all those things that are here on earth. Help us to rejoice in you always. Forgive us, Father, we know we're weak and we make mistakes. We beg for your mercy. We beg for your encouragement. Father, we beg for your healing for all that are sick, that are recovering from surgeries and procedures. There are a number that are on our individual hearts. We know that you know them, Lord, and we just pray that you might heal and comfort as we know you can. We pray for our leaders of this land and of other lands that there may be peace on earth, freedom to worship. Father, we pray for leaders in your church, the elders, deacons, that they may serve you in a way that's acceptable, pleasing, 
honoring, and that your kingdom may grow. Father, be with each of us as we strive to imitate Christ and help us be what we ought to be and bring others to you. Help us to glorify you in all that we do. And this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.